Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is. Christ our Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and I welcome you all to today's show. Today we'll be discussing keeping it Christian in Christian fiction. I have some phenomenal authors that will be chatting today with you. And before we begin, we're going to open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you for this broadcast. We thank you for this platform. We thank you, oh God, for the opportunity to spread the gospel. Father, we thank you for just being you, oh God, and we pray for those that are listening. We pray, oh God, that you will open their ears, their ear gate, oh God, so that they may hear something from this broadcast. Father, we magnify you. We pray, oh God, that you would have your way and have your say. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Denise, and I welcome you, me, and the Hope in Christ Book Club panel discussion this evening. We welcome you to today's show, and today we have a few phenomenal Christian authors, and again, we're going to be talking about keeping it Christian in Christian fiction as we continue to celebrate and give thanks to God for Christian fiction. So we're going to begin with having each of them introduce themselves. So we'll start with Pastor Danielle. Pastor Danielle, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm Pastor Danielle Scroggins. I am uh, the pastor of New Vessels Ministries in uh, Shreveport, Bossier. I am a wife, mother, grandmother, and I am the author of both Christian fiction and nonfiction books. Thank you, Pastor Danielle. And our next author is Indiana. Can you introduce yourself to the audience? Well, hello, everyone. Um, as Denise said, my name is Indiana Tuggle. I am a um, single author living in Memphis, Tennessee, and I am the self-published author of four books, and they are all um, Christian nonfiction. Um, I'm also a speaker and a writing coach, and I pretty much help people heal um, through writing from, from traumas of the past, such as molestation, um, abuse, neglect, um, low self-esteem and things like that. I help them to uncover their true identity in Christ and heal from their past and learn how to forgive and walk in wholeness in Christ through writing. Amen. Thank you, Indiana. And then we have also um, Tanya. Tanya, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Hello, everyone. My name is Tanya Franklin, and I am all the way from Mississippi, and I am an author. I'm also a business um, empowerment educator. I write um, Christian fiction books as well as faith-based um, books for empowering um, men and women um, for Christian businesses. Amen. 
Thank you, ladies. Thank you for joining us this evening or this morning or this afternoon, wherever you are in the world. So we're going to jump right into our panel discussion. We're starting with the first question, what does it mean to be a Christian author? And we're going to start with Tanya. Okay. Um, to be, um, what it means to be a Christian author is to make sure that as a writer that you're al aligning your writing with um, a protagonist, um, a climax, as well as an antagonist that um, has a spiritual connection to Christ as well as um, with the gospel. Amen. Thank you, Tanya. And then we're going to have Indiana answer the same question. The question is, what does it mean to be a Christian author? Okay, for me, a Christian author means that your writing um, – whether within the pages and outside of the pages, aligns with the Word of God. Um, it also means that you promote the Word of God through your writing. Not, it doesn't have to mean that you have uh, a book filled with scriptures, but it just means that um, the heart and the compassion and the love of God is evident in your writing, through your characters, through um, your testimony, through um, your um, speech all of that is in tune with the word of God and what he wants to do in the hearts and the minds of his people. And that also your writing is Holy Spirit inspired, that um, you are, um, you know, get in the face of God and you allow him to lead and guide you in writing your book as well. Amen. Thank you, Indiana. And then finally, Pastor Scroggins, can you answer that question? I believe that it's uh, just writing books that are professing Christianity or its teachings, and it's it's that simple. You are an author who have decided that your books will profess Christianity and the teachings that have been laid out, like Indiana said, from the Word of God uh, by the Holy Spirit, and you have dedicated your writings to that and that alone. Amen, amen. So, ladies, we're going to go to our next question. The question of the hour is, what does it mean to keep it Christian? What does it mean to keep your literature that you write, be it nonfiction, fiction, poetry, what does it mean to keep it Christian? So we'll start with Pastor Danielle. Um, you know, and, and what what is so ironic to me is when I speak to someone who says, uh, your writing is a little on the edgy side, and then I say, well, that's what the Bible says. So I believe that keeping it Christian is keeping it in line with what the Word of God has said. And uh, we all know there are some things in the Word of God that some people don't want to talk about. Uh, it, uh, I think uh, we're living in a season where people have the takeout mentality and they want to take out that which they feel uh, goes against how they want to live or how they want to be. They take that part out. And I believe that if you decide that you're going to be a Christian author, it means uh, everything is inclusive. Everything that God said is inclusive in what you write about. 
uh, whether it's going to be whether it's going to make people ashamed or not. It's it, it's inclusive, and so uh, which leads me to the fact that a lot of people think that okay, if you write in uh, Christian fiction but you put sexual things in it, then that's a problem. It's only a problem if it's done the wrong way. Anything that's done what how the Bible says it is to be done, then it's keeping it in line with Christianity. Now, that's, that's my point of view. I, I just, because everything else outside of that is simply my opinion. But if it's the word of God, I can stand on that. And if that's what I'm writing about, whether it makes you embarrassed, whether it makes you ashamed, whether it makes you uh, not like it, cringe, or whatever it does, that's still okay because it is still the word of God. And the only argument for it is that God said it, and that settles it. And so whether it's, whether it's my opinion or whether it's how it makes me feel, because there are some things that I read even in the Word that makes me go, oh, God, you know, but then it points the mirror at me. It shows me Danielle or where I'm not in alignment with what's Christianity. So I believe keeping it Christian is just keeping it totally down the line what God said. If it's in the word of God, I can write about it. And I can take you to the scripture to stand on what it is I wrote. Amen. And um, thank you, Pastor Scroggins. And then, Indiana, the same question. What does keeping it Christian mean to you? Well, for me, keeping it Christian means, um, just like Pastor Danielle said, it doesn't mean that your writing is devoid of sin or sinful behavior. But for me, it means that keeping it Christian means that your writing has to have two parts. There must be revelation in the word, first of all. Um, and, And it doesn't mean, like I said before, you have to have scriptures, but it has to be holy inspired. And there must be revelation in the word. Um, to that specific situation. And then another thing, it, it has there must be application. You must show how, if it's nonfiction, you must show how the reader can apply the word, or if it's um, fiction, you must show how the antagonist or the protagonist applied the word in their life to overcome their problems and their solutions. Because ultimately, as a Christian author, God has to be the answer and the solution. You know, and we cannot... Um, right in a manner in which he doesn't get the glory. In order for God to get the glory, he has to be a part of the solution and the victory. That's good. That's good. Thank Amen. you, Indiana. And then, the, the um, Tanya, you're going to answer the same question. Okay. Um, and I, I agree with, with both ladies um, with everything that they've said. Um, to keep it Christian, and, and it's this is really key, you know, both ladies have said it. It's not that your your work has to be devoid of dealing with sin, but there has to be some type of balance, and the balance is the Word. The Word of God is the balance, and there has to be, in order for it to be realistic um, and to be received, it has to it has to show some type of journey from one point and it ends with um, 
centered around Christ and it has to show some type of journey of, of salvation or deliverance, some some spiritual application. Um, and I think Indiana just had just said that. So it to keep it Christian doesn't mean that you that you don't um, tackle real world, real life um, situations, but is that Christ is at the center of it all, and that the the main focus that even through the the climactic part of of the book of the writing, whatever it may whatever the case may be, that there has to be some type of of, of journey um, that that's being played out throughout the entire writing to where at the end, even if it's not always a happy ending, um, because that's something that I've even struggled with um, in just reading certain books where, okay, well, we just know how it's going to end. Oh, the person's going to get saved at the end. But in reality, that's not always the case. But there's always some type of change, whether it's with the the main character or it's supporting characters that's in, in the writing. There's going to be some type of change. Um, and that's, that's what's keep that is about, you know, what it does it mean to keep it Christian. There has to be some type of change, some type of 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 um of deliverance, of some type of healing. There has to be some manifestation of the power of, of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, ladies. And this question is ringing in my head, so I'm gonna ask this question. It's related to what you all answered. Um and I believe that God is it's just ringing in my head. And the question is, where do you draw the line? Because um, that that question is just jumping in my head right now. And so, um, Tanya, can you start with answering that question? Okay. Drawing the line, I think that there's a thin line between where you're jumping to the world and that you're feeding the appetite of the world versus um, making sure that everything is centered around Christ. And I think that where you draw the line is that where you have to ask that personal question within yourself and say, you know, how does this glorify God? Is God receiving any glory out of what I'm what I'm pinning on this paper? You know, is is he going to get the glory out of it? So I think that that's where where you draw the line. And even and it has to line up with the word of God. Because a lot of times people can take stuff and and say, oh well, you know, this is this is just the way life is. This is the way the world is. But you know, you know, the the apostle says that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. So I think that that's where you draw the line: is that you're making sure that you're dotting all of your I's and crossing all of your T's, and that you're questioning and that you're reevaluating yourself even as you write, and making sure that is what I'm about to say is this going to glorify the Lord or is it going to draw people even more closer to the world? Amen. Thank you, Tanya. And uh, Pastor Danielle, can you answer the same question? Where do you draw the line? Okay, so <laughs> I wrote a book. Now, now this is this is Danielle Scroggins. I wrote a book, and the book was entitled Ivanta's Revenge. And this book had a young lady who was murdering people, shooting them up with snake venom, but she was on a quest to get revenge. And I struggled with this book because I was like, God, you know, it's just almost like I'm promoting the fact that she's a murderer and I'm promoting her 
being out there killing people uh, because she's trying to get back uh, what happened, you know, to her brother. She's trying to get him back. Uh, I'm I'm promoting, you know, and, and I was on the fence with this book. And then God showed me how this book was me. So I believe that when you when you pray about as a writer, as a Christian writer, and you profess this thing and you pray, you open yourself up for God to use you any way that he chooses. Now, with this character, I had her go through, she went through a uh, an epiphany of things, and eventually it brought her back full circle to the place to where she realized that vengeance was the Lord, and it didn't belong to her. But up until that point, it seemed like it went on and on and on. She's doing it her way. And so when I step back now, even now in this seat to say, would I write that again? Yes, I would. If the Holy Spirit lead me to writing that, then I would. Because, you know, there is none of us who are perfect. None of us came out saved and are going to stay safe. Some of us have had to go through some things to get to. And the book was the revelation that no matter how bad you are, uh, no matter how sinful you are, no matter what state that you find yourself in, God can still change you and he can still use you. So I feel like that as long as you are in, in alignment with what God can do, the providence of God, the fact that God can change anybody, the fact that God can take the lowest of the low and turn their lives around, then you're still in the vein. So I think that it's a personal question that every writer has to uh, evaluate themselves with, and, and they have to say, okay, God, am I, am, am I going to be a vessel for you to use me to go this far, or am I not, or am I just going to write the pretty things? Because that's where, in my life, that's where I was. Like, do I just write the pretty things of Christianity, or do I write the ugly things that are, that are happening but still show that no matter where you are, that God can still change you. Because it, for me, that's what it's all about. For me, it's not about entertaining those who've already been saved or who are already saved. If I get some Christian readers, praise God, thank you, Jesus, I, I love them. But if I never get a Christian reader and only get someone out there who's really lost, that's, I, I'm like Jesus. I, I'm writing to seek those that are lost who might stumble upon my book and see that no matter how wretched I was, no matter how dirty I am, God can still change me. He can still, he can save me. And then here's the kicker for me, for my book, God can still use you. Because a lot of people feel like God can't use them or they can't be used because I had this type of life or because I did this once upon a time in my life or because I was this in my life. But I, I, I do not, I, I never stray away from the fact that I, I am a complete sinner, complete whoremonger, saved by the grace of God, and it's because of that. It's because of where I was that I'm anointed to do what I do in this season, and I'm anointed for those that have been, that are in where I've been through. So I just believe it's personal. It's, 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 um, it's that revelation that you get as a writer 
that you ask God for, and he says, okay, I want you to take this book here. And, and you being unashamed to just write it, and then at the end of it say to the person who's reading it, I wrote it so that you will know that no matter where you are right now, you can be delivered to. Amen. Amen. That, that's good. That's good. Uh, thank you, Pastor Scroggins. Um, and as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, and I'm going to let Indiana answer the question in a moment, but as you were talking, I was thinking about the side eyes I, I got from when I wrote um, Hannah's Hope and then when I wrote Hannah's Heart where um, I made it very realistic because I work with young people and I see it all the time where young people question is God really there? And so I had people give me the side eye, kind of like, oh, you wrote that? But that's what's happening. But then I got to the end of the story where it helped them understand that God is real and that God needs to surround them around people who love them, who love him and love them, and they can um, draw them to Christ. And so um, I, I, I totally get what you were saying about, you know, those that are, Christian and then those in the world, and then the young ladies that have read both books are just amazed. They're like, wow, because it's realistic. It's not something that doesn't happen. Molestation Amen. happens to our children every day, and so um, we have to be real. We cannot, it cannot be fixed until we address it, and so that's Amen. what I was explaining to one adult one time. I said, you know, we keep brushing it under the rug, but it's happening. And so if we don't talk about it, if we don't um, sound the alarm, then it's still going to keep happening. We, somebody has to get our young ladies to the place of Christ and helping them understand that's not who they are. And so um, I thank you for sharing that. And, Indiana, the same question, where do you draw the line? I think all of y'all really hit it. Um, for me, I draw the line at vengeance. Um, I, I'm a um, I'm a writing coach, and I write. I come across a lot of authors or um, aspiring authors who want to share their story and uh, and write their testimony. And really, truly, you cannot write what you've never been through. And by been through, I mean you cannot write the transformation in your character, the transformation in your testimony, or the victory in your testimony if you have not have hardened your heart to um, the compassion and the love and the revelation found in the word. And a lot of times people don't understand that when you're telling your testimony, if you write it from a standpoint of a tabloid article, I tell my authors all the time, Victory Publishing does not publish tabloid articles because God doesn't get the glory. And you, if you write from a place of what somebody did to you, they did this, they did that, and, 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 how it, and, and, and how it made you feel, and this, that, and the other, however, and you, and you neg neglect to tell, um, to go through a self-examination, to go through a healing process, to go through a um, self-discovery, to go through an awakening in the word, then you're not ready to write. You can um, you can still be hurt and you can still um, write through your pain, but you have to have a heart that is open and willing to allow God to come in and apply the bomb. 
you know, and apply that softness and apply that healing so that you can heal and transform and show how he's still able to meet us wherever we are and transform us and transform the reader through your story. God doesn't get the glory out of you being vengeful and hurtful and hateful and and you exposing everybody. That's not how God works because God is he's, he's concerned about your soul and he's concerned about their soul as well. You know, God doesn't expose us when we're healing. You know, so it's not um, to his glory to expose everything that somebody did to you without also telling them how God can heal them as well. So that's where I draw the line. I draw the line at the vengeance without um, self-examination or without um, – revelation in the word amen thank you for sharing that indiana i totally agree and um again thinking back to what when i god laid on my heart to write the same some of the same things you said um that's one of the words god said to me you're not writing with vengeance you're writing for healing you're writing for those young ladies out there that have experienced the same thing and that how do they come to that healing place and so um, thank you for sharing that because a lot of us need to hear that. I have, um, as an editor, a copy editor, I have seen where authors will, you know, say, well, I want to leave this in the book. And I say to them, no, that you, you, you might not want to write that because somebody can come back after you because you wrote that part there. So, you know, it is a fine line between I'm, God is healing me through my writing or I just want to get back at somebody. So thank you for sharing that. And the next question is, first of all, before I ask the next question, does anybody want to add to that? I, you know, I was sitting here and I was thinking, you know, that that was really good. And when I first opened my publishing company, I had a young lady, and her book was entitled The Truth Set Me Free. And when I tell you, when I first got the book, I was like on pins and needles and I was reading it, and I was crying, and, I mean, God was just, you can feel the presence of God. And and the things she wrote about, there was a, a longing, you know, like, oh, my God, because it was really, it was like a, 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 a light bulb on pastors. And here I am, a pastor, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's just exposing pastors, you know. And first I didn't want to touch it because I was like, God, I don't want to touch this, you know, I don't want to touch this. And then God said, yeah, you do. She ended up on TVN with this book. I mean, this book went further than the month was ever went, and I was like, wow. But, man, the message in the book was so profound. But then all I kept saying was, God, we're so broken. Even as pastors, we're so broken. And, like, nobody want to expose us. So nobody, you know, nobody want to say my pastor is just out of control. You know, everybody, oh, I got a good pastor, but nobody want to say my pastor is off chain, need to be sitting down, getting deliverance himself, nobody or herself. No one wants to say that. And so I, I, I just, oh, my goodness, but God was like, you know, this is me. And when I, when I came to grips with it was God, I kept saying to her, I, I, I know I know your heart, I feel your heart, I got it, I got it, but God has told me to use wisdom, and the wisdom was showing me, okay, this needs to be out, this could be this. And then I said to her, don't tell me nobody, I don't want to hear who it was, I don't want to hear anything about it, I just want to write this book and do what God told me to do, put this book out there so that it can touch who it needs to touch. Needless to say, that book 
helped and it blessed people all over the world. Now, here's, I get a, I got, I think it's an enduring love. I write about a, a husband who's saying, I'm not going to spill my seed on the ground because his, his wife is not wanting to be pregnant and she's like, nope, you know. And so I get a call from some Christian women. I I didn't want to read the character and be thinking about him spilling his seed on the ground. That's where my mind went to. You know, that was kind of nasty. And then she said to me, spilling his sperm on the ground. I didn't write sperm in the book. I wrote his seed. So then that's how I knew that it wasn't it wasn't about the book. It was about your mind and what your mind was. And so then I said, I said, do you, do you read your Bible? For sure, yes, I read my Bible. I said, well, have you ever read Genesis? Uh, yes, I have. I said, well, okay, let's do it together. Let's go through it together. So I get to the story of Onan, and he's spilling his seed. Judah tells him to go into your brother's wife. That was his duty so that she could get an offspring. Only knew that the offspring wasn't going to be his, but instead considered as his brother's. So he spilled his waste on the ground. And because of this, the Lord saw that it was wicked in his sight and put him to death. And so then there was like, wow. I believe that as long as you can go back to the word of God and you can show that this is, this is where this came from, it's in the word. It's not written to destroy someone or to make you cringe when you read it or to make to give you a visual sight of a man and his semen when you read it, but it's to give you the visual sight that the seed of the male is so important when it comes to obeying what God put us here to do. And that was that's what that was about. So, you know, sometimes even even though we write and we write in the biblical, because of someone else's mind or their hindsight, they may not see it at first. But God is so precise in what He do when what He does. He is so intentional in what He does until He gets the glory, whether we want to give it to Him or not. He's God, and He don't have to ask us for permission to be for Him to be glorified. He don't have to ask us for our permission to praise him. He's going to do it anyway because somebody else, where well, you looked at it and you saw all the wrong things, someone else read that same thing and they felt the glory of God. They understood the power of a seed and they walked in that thing. So I believe that even even when we when we have those moments or when we have those breaking points, you know, everyone has their own mind. And so you, you can't, I can't control where your mind takes it when you read it. I can't control that. But at the end of the day, I will hope that you would dig deep into what I'm writing, that you would go deeper and that you would ask God to take you behind the veil of the pen so that you can see and that he can impart to you what it is I'm trying to get you to see. Thank you, Pastor Danielle. Did anybody else want to add to that? All right. So our next question is, what scripture would, and um, Pastor Danielle has um, shared one of the scriptures, but what scripture uh, would you all use 
to help someone understand the mandate of keeping um, keeping our writing Christian. We'll start with Tanya. Okay. Um, one of the um, scriptures that I, I would probably say is um, that's found in Colossians 3 and 17 um, that says that whatever that you do, um, whether it's in word or deed, um, to do it all um, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Um, and I, I think that, that that's important that you always evaluating, um, and, and I think it's already been said before, that you're always evaluating yourself and the purpose and the intent of what you're writing and why you're writing it. Um, I recent, um, I, one of my, my books, um, Devil in Disguise, the character, the lead character is a pastor. And my focus was on him as a person. And um, I had someone that um, actually called me um, after reading the book, and they were like, you know, why did you, you know, why did you write that stuff about him as a pastor? Because um, in their mind, you know, a pastor is supposed to sit on a certain particular standard, and for me to expose them as a human being and not as a pastor, that was just something that was just mind-shattering to them. And I said, I want, I want people to understand that, that the the assignment that that you're given is not a cloak for who you are as as a real person and i wanted to be able to not to expose people or to put pastors in a bad light but to to show that pastors are human beings they're real people they have real problems they have real issues and they actually have real journeys and i wanted at the end of the book for people to, to see that God even still works even through people that are considered as pastors or elders or teachers or what have you. And so anytime that as, as a Christian writer, it, your intent is so important. If you're intending to try to expose someone, if you're trying to, your intention is to, is to cause damage, then you're writing with the wrong intention. Um, but your intention should always be to glorify God. Somehow, somewhere in the writing, he has to be glorified. The, the, his power, his, his omnipresence, his, his love, his compassion, his mercy, all, that has to be found somewhere in your writing. Um, and so I think that that's a, a scripture that when I'm writing, regardless of what the, what the subject matter is, um, because I, I tackle some, some, I wouldn't say that it's taboo, but I tackle some subjects where it may not be just the, the neat and wrapped up in pretty um, normal Christian story to where everybody is so saved and all of this, and then there's somebody that's off the street and they come in. It, it's, it, but that Christians actually have real problems, real issues. And I, I want to make sure that any, when I'm writing, like what is the purpose, what is the intention that I'm, that I'm, I'm trying to get to with this writing? Um, is it going to point right is it going to point back to Christ is it going to point back to the scripture even if I don't use not one scripture verbatim in in my writing is 
what I'm writing is it going to point back to the power of the word. Um, so I would have to say that that's um, one of the scriptures um, that I would say that is connected to keeping it Christian, that making sure that everything that you're writing, that it is pointing back to him, that it is glorifying him. Amen, amen. In Indiana, same question. What scripture would you use to help someone understand the mandate of Christian writing? Um, I would have to say that... Um, for me, my favorite one is Revelation 12 and 11, and I love the New Living Translation. And it says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And one of the things that I I face a lot with um, um, new authors or um, aspiring writers is is the fear of sharing their testimony. And the one thing that I have to remember, because God called me to write to heal, and, and he called me to um, to write to show the um, his compassion and his love and his healing balm, you know, throughout the earth. So in doing that, I had to be willing to get completely naked before God. I had to be willing to be totally transparent before God so that his light can shine in me and through me so that people will no longer see me. They will see him, and I have to be okay with that. And I also have to um, be okay with letting go of even my own personal aspiration. You know those aspirations that we have of becoming a number one bestseller and going around the world and, and doing this and being this elaborate speaker? I even have to let all of that go and allow God to be to use me the way that he sees fit and to take me where he sees fit and to be okay with saying, you know what, God, not my will, but your will be done. And, and as, a, as writers, we have to let go of ourselves and allow God to be um, exalted and glorified in us. And even if he, we wrote the book and it was for one person, we have to be okay and be satisfied with well done thy good and faithful servant. Amen. That's good. Pastor Scroggins, same question. What scripture would you use to help someone understand the mandate of Christian writing? Um, oh, that was awesome. I just have to say that. That was good. Uh, both of you all, that was so awesome. Uh, the scripture that I often go to, um, even when I'm writing, before I'm writing and when I'm finished and I, I try to see did my work do just this, it would be Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. And I believe that everything I write, I am trying to do one thing, renew your mind. I am trying to break away world's confirmation and transform your mind into, into the Christian way until you understand that there is a God, uh, that he sent his son, that his son bled and died for us. Pastor Scroggins, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me now? Because abundant life is really what we're searching for. And, and we got to know that that's why Christ came. And, and you won't ever get to that point until you're renewed in your mind. And so 
Romans 12 and 2, I stand on it. I stand on it for my life. I stand on it for the lives of my readers. And with each book, my prayer is, Lord, let this book renew uh, someone's mind. Let this book transform someone and uh, break them out of conformity uh, from this world until they can see things the kingdom way. And if that's done, then I've done what, what I was required to do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Um, and I would add just this scripture when I heard Indiana talking about fear. Um, that was one of the things I really dealt with, with um, even fictionalizing my story. And the second book is way more fictionalized than the first. But I dealt with a lot of fear. And one of the scriptures, God, every all of us know it, but God kept dropping the scripture, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind in my spirit. And um, I just, whoever is listening to this broadcast, God has not given you the spirit of fear. If he called us to tell our story, somebody's waiting on that story. Somebody's waiting to be healed. Somebody's waiting to be set free. And I just wanted to add that, that somebody needs to hear because they may not go into a church building. A lot of times that's one of the things we think the church is the building, but the church are the people. And so we have to understand that when God calls us to speak a word to somebody, that word can transform their lives. And so I just wanted to add that. And we're going to end with you all telling the audience how they can connect, how they can purchase your products, and tell them a little bit about your products. We'll start with Indiana. Okay. Um, I have four books, and each um, four of my books journey from um, my journey to heal and become whole through um, molestation, um, low self-esteem, domestic violence, growing up in um, poverty, um, going through um, death, death of my parents, um, and unemployment, job loss, all of the trials and tribulations that I've been through um, all of my 42 years on earth <laughs> and being molested, I journal those in my books. And I also give revelation into how we can let go of the past, learn how to forgive, uncover our true identity in Christ, and really and truly turn our, our pain into purpose. Um, and I put all of those into four books. There's um, two of them are dedicated to singles because a lot of my journey through writing began because I questioned um, why I didn't have a husband, and I questioned who I was um, in Christ. So those first two books are dedicated to singles. Um, and then I also have a devotional um, as well to help those that are struggling to um, uncover their purpose and um, walk out that purpose. And then my final book is, um, is about those who are struggling in their faith you know, really trying to understand why a lot of things had to happen um, to them in their past and actually question how God can turn it around for their good. Um, and all of my books can be purchased um, on Amazon everywhere, or you can go directly to my website at www.indianatuggle.com, and you can just click on my books, and you can get the details of, on each of them and purchase them as well. And you can also um, find me on social media under Indiana Tuggle on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. 
Thank you, Indiana. And Tanya, can you share how people can connect with you and buy your products? Okay. Um, my website, um, tanyadfranklin.com. Um, I'm also um, on Facebook, author Tanya Franklin, and Instagram, books by Tanya. Um, I have several books. The, um, I have one devotional, which is um, A Woman Not Ashamed, and it's sort of kind of like a testimonial um, of some experiences that I've had, um, and I turned it into um, a devotional, um, a 31-day devotional. Um, I also have um, a faith-based book for um, women entrepreneurs that includes also a study, um, a study Bible study guide as well. And um, I created a companion book for men as well, um, looking at biblical principles um, on starting a business. Um, I also um, have a fiction book um, that's out, um, and it's called Devil in Disguise. And um, I also do marketing as well for authors as well. Thank you, Tanya. And Pastor Scroggins, can you tell people how to reach you and purchase your products? Okay. Uh, you can reach me at www.daniellescroggins.com. Uh, Facebook, Danielle Scroggins, or Arthur Danielle Scroggins, Twitter, Instagram, Pastor Danielle. Um, you can find my books at Amazon. I'm on, uh, you can find me at Goodreads, BookBub. Uh, I have 18 books now and three anthologies. I've been doing it 18 years now. So uh, God has been blessing. He's been good. So just Danielle Scroggins and Danielle with a Y. Amen. Thank you, ladies. That was awesome, 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 um, awesome discussion on keeping it Christian. I hope someone that was listening learned something from this discussion. We're going to go ahead and pray out. Father, we thank you for you, Lord. We thank you for your women of God. We thank you, O oh God, and we ask that you continue to bless, that you will continue to use them in your way mightily, O oh God, for your will. Father, we pray, oh God, that someone heard something that they needed to hear. Father, we bless you and we magnify your name, oh God. And we pray, oh God, for provision. We pray, oh God, for transformation. And we pray for your will being done in each and every one of our lives. Father, we bless you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. Have a phenomenal week.